Sean, I am so excited. I have shelves. You do. They're, they're so pretty. I do. They're, they are. It's very exciting. I, this is like the silliest thing to be excited about, but I am excited. These four huge shelves, they're three by four blocks each that have been stacked side by side and on top of each other. I have this massive grid that is bolted to itself and to the wall. It is solid as can be. 48 shelves. Oh my and gosh. I can't you know, wait. To I get can't wait to up. come over and do a little shopping. Now, do you have a bargain section that, uh, <laughs> like the, yeah. And then you have the it's top shelf, the, the stuff that I can't reach will be, you know, stuff I'm not allowed to use and such. <laughs> I'll store the whiskey on the top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Very nice. Yeah. So how long did it take you to put those together? Actually, not that bad. I had my son come in and help me. And um, the first one probably took, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes to actually build. And then after that, we threw away the instructions and got the rest put together. Uh, it was nice. bolting them together and then bolting them to the wall took a little extra time. But, you know, it's it's what's necessary to keep it solid. Now that it's up, of course, I'm realizing what I should do is line the back with LED strips to make it kind of glow. Um, oh, yeah. You got to do that. I mean, that's right? just, yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. And now can you see part of it from your live setup? No, no, it doesn't show up in my main live setup, but it'll show up in other shots that we'll do. But, um, but no, it doesn't show up in there. Very cool. Did it's you, fun. Did you just hear that? I heard, I heard, what did I hear? Oh, well, that was my stomach. Oh, I, uh, are you? <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I started this new thing where it's, uh, the intermittent fasting, where you, First you stop you, drinking, then you stop eating. What's next? I know. You're not even going to recognize me, actually, the next time you see me. But um, so I, I don't eat before noon. Okay. And I don't eat after 6 p.m. So I'm just okay. like a six-hour window where – and I, I buy – you know, I'm, I think I'm, this is my third week now. And it's crazy. I'm, I'm ending up one meal a day. Sure. And it's good enough. It's crazy. And it's not even a really big meal. So things That's are great. shifting. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine in New York was or is doing that. And I guess she's been doing it for a while now. And hers is even more restrictive. She has, I think, a, a 90 minute window that she can eat. And she works out a lot. I mean, a wow. lot. And it seems a little crazy. And it was funny. We were having lunch and a EMT happened to sit next to us. We got into a conversation and the EMT is telling her, you really should be eating more, girl. But um, but, you know, it works for her. It's crazy. Yeah. I guess from what my wife is saying, she's, you know, physical therapist and a chiropractor and she's, you know, spent tons of time with, you know, learning about the body. And she said, we don't actually need as much food as we consume. We can sure. do, we can live on less. So, um, I've been drinking a lot of more water and, uh, but I will tell you that there's moments that I go, Ooh, I could use a sandwich <laughs> right now. And I think this is one of those moments. Fair enough. Well, it's uh, currently 10 a.m. You've got uh, two hours to go. So hopefully I've got you can two manage. hours. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk as long as we can. I won't even think about it. How about that? <laughs> I don't know if our audience would appreciate a two hour podcast, <laughs> no. but let's do it again. So <laughs> you I know that you got your new black magic camera and then about three and a half minutes after it arrived on your doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly. Yeah, exactly. A, a significant upgrade was announced. Um, why don't we talk about that? Yeah, so I've had my camera less than a month, and it's always the the pain of of technology and and things are happening so fast these days that clearly nobody saw this coming. I mean, this was just like, hey, tomorrow we're having an announcement. Blackmagic says, and they have an update to their Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K. And now that I own one, I can say that much easier. Now they have the 6K with an EF mount. Which is Who knew? quite interesting. 
quite interesting. And there are a lot of uh, people on either side of the fence. I'm definitely on the side of, I just bought this camera, the 4k. I'm happy. I don't need a 6k. Sure. Um, but there is this part of me like, Ooh, it's new. <laughs> it's back ordered. I must have it. So, so let's um, talk about what it actually is. So uh, sure. obviously it's the same form factor camera, bigger lens mount. It's EF. That's the Canon mount. Whereas uh -huh. the one you have is micro four thirds. The sensor on your camera is a micro four thirds sensor, but this is a slightly bigger sensor, but it's not full frame. Right, right. No, this is not, they're saying it's a super 35 sensor, which I think is, from what I understand, is pretty loose term, mm. right? That can be, you know, up to the, up to your discretion of what you think a 35, super 35 sensor is. So Got it. there's, there's different sizes of that. This is on the smaller end of the super 35. Um, so then if it's a smaller sensor, but with full frame lenses, that means you're getting a crop in the lenses. So if you put a 50 millimeter lens on there, you're not getting 50, you're getting something else. Do you know how much that crop is? I don't, I don't. Bart Johnson actually really broke that down well, um, uh, last week on his, his show Saturday. Okay. We'll link to that in the show notes below. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about it and the, what, what he determined though, was that if you put a speed booster of a 0 0.71, uh, Metabones or equivalent speed booster on the 4k version of the black magic pocket you actually have a wider field of view with mm. that than you would with the just ef mount on your 6k version of the pocket sure so sure. um that's one reason i'm like yeah i don't need it and you know the whole 6k thing is you know we can discuss that as well but um do you need it do you not i mean it's you know, I need more hard drives if I'm going to go with a 6K sure. version, just the information that you're you're putting down. And you can actually only access the, the, there's a bunch of different aspect ratios that you can use with the 6K, but you have to use the B-RAW codec in the camera. So they're limiting you. If you're using ProRes and you're used to that and that's your workflow, you won't be able to use some of the, uh, some of the frame rates and other things, the, the 6K version. Um, mm. with that, unless you get the, what is it? It's called B-Raw Studio and I think it's 30 bucks and you can import that into your premiere. Still no, uh, support from Final Cut. Of course, Final Cut waits forever. They even do two, two, uh, two, six, five yet. Yeah. Yeah. HVC. Yeah. Finally. Okay. Pretty sure. I, so, know, I honestly haven't <laughs> tried, but I'm quite sure that it does. Yeah. Probably by now, but, um, so yeah, so I, do I need? And well, the price is twenty five hundred bucks instead of thirteen hundred dollars. So okay, and that is just for the body, and you will still have to rig it out like I did the uh, my version. So I don't see myself needing six K right okay. now because what are you going to view that on? There's sure. No well, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about why someone might want six K, and I, I think it's just reframing. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. That's a big one. Cause yeah, it's 6k is not a resolution that is going to be a standard broadcast resolution. You know, obviously we have HD and then 4k and 8k is becoming bigger and bigger, but yeah. I don't think anybody's broadcasting 6k. So yeah, 6k no. really is about reframing or stabilization. Right. And I mean, and that's great. Sure. Um, but we can reframe in, in 4k just fine. <laughs> 
You know? Well, yeah. I mean, if I you think, want, if you want to broadcast, if you want to output 4K, being able to shoot 6K gives you a lot of extra room to reframe, move around, punch in, um, stabilize right. the shot, and so on. So that's certainly the advantage. So you probably aren't going to be outputting 6K, but you can definitely still yeah. output 4K. I guess you're right. I guess that up. is the next, the next rung on the ladder as far as like if we're actually going to be outputting 4K because a lot of more people are getting 4K televisions in their houses now. I'm not sure what the ratio is, but. Um, you know, I, I mean, if you so, go into Best Buy, I don't know that you can even buy an HDTV anymore. It's you know, yeah, everything they're, is 4K. They're all the way down by the restrooms, you can get there's like a, <laughs> two or three more models left. I think that's funny. So, <laughs> so if you're shooting raw, you're saying that to shoot 6K, the only way to shoot 6K is to shoot raw, and mm. then can you with this thirty dollar accessory plugin software, whatever that you're talking about, does that allow you to edit the raw footage in Premiere or do you yes. still have to convert it? Uh, so it is a importer. So it is basically, you're still working in the raw, but it's re-encoding with the Adobe Media encoder. So you still have access to the the raw version, but it's you're using the the plugin so you can actually access your ISOs and mm -hmm. such, you know, and, and change okay. those in, in post just like you can with DaVinci. But I recommend, why don't you just, instead of spending $30, go and get a free version of DaVinci Resolve and then you can access your, your B-Raw. Now that, before I, don't quote me on that, you might have to actually get the studio version, which is $300, but you do get yeah. a version of studio when you buy the camera. So I actually have a another version sitting over here on the shelf. Oh, okay. Right so you now. get a full, you get a full license for studio when you buy the camera. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And you can okay, use that, that on two sense. computers. Right. Okay. So, and then of course there's updates for the black magic 4k coming out. They're going to have, um, more languages. Hopefully they have Indonesian because I've been learning <laughs> Indonesian. I don't know how that happened. I, I saw one of those, those explainer videos and like, Hey, you can learn another language. And all of a sudden I have the, the 10 disc set from Pinsler. You're serious? And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why so Indonesian. Uh, yeah. Saya Indonesia Sadikep. There you go. Of yeah. all the languages, why Indonesian? <laughs> well, I want to go to Bali someday. I would love to spend a vacation, a long vacation there, maybe a month, and just hang out in Indonesia. And you gotta know a little bit of the language before uh, you go there. Otherwise you're you're in trouble. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to have gimbal support for the 4K back to that. And then anamorphic two times and also D squeeze. So you can start shooting anamorphic on your 4K. And that's also one of the things on the 6K that we're really excited about. Hey, you can shoot anamorphic on this. They can D squeeze it. Um, but you're actually going to get that on the 4K too. Okay. And then also support for 16 millimeter lenses on the 4K, which is going to be exciting because there's a lot of um, options on eBay and, you know, at your local uh, pawn shop. If you want to pick up some of those old lenses like that. So I think that's kind of exciting. What is it they have to do to make it compatible with an old lens? Software. It's uh, <laughs> it's cropping in on the, on the sensor. So oh, it can, it's to be able it to crop in, to be able to push past right. the, the lens. Okay. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. All right. Well, cool. That's yeah. exciting. Well, since Indeed. we're talking about the 6K version, I think we need to address the S1H that's um, that's been announced from Panasonic because that is also going to be shooting 6K and mm -hmm. it is quite a bit more money, but it's also full frame. So let's talk about that. But I think we need to take a, a brief momentary break so that our fabulous sponsors can tell us 
tell you uh, why they love you. That's right. Thank you, our sponsor. So let's yep. get back to the comparison here. Let's talk about the S1H. You know, there's not a whole lot of information about the S1H out yet. It was announced. It was a, I don't know, it was technically called a technology preview or what it was, but a couple of months ago, Panasonic announced this. And that, of course, is the video, the pure video version of the S-series cameras to follow on the S1 and S1R. And right. it will also shoot 6K. Now, mm -hmm. it is, however, a full-frame sensor with the L mount, which has the distinct advantage of being able to adapt just about anything to it. And I actually finally figured out or finally discovered, someone helped me out on on Twitter, why I see mounts to just about everything you can imagine to the L mount, except for Sony lenses. And it turns out that Sony lenses actually have, I think it's a millimeter and a half shorter flange, so you can't adapt a Sony lens to it. It's a, a, a almost the mother. only one. Man, they're trying to stay out of the, stay in the proprietary game, sounds like. Well, I think it's the advantage of having, the shorter your flange, then the more lenses you can adapt. And so Sony actually right. has an advantage there where you can adapt anything, uh, virtually anything, I shouldn't say anything, but any virtually anything to their cameras, where with the Lumix, you can adapt virtually anything except for Sony's. Now that said, right. it's not like, I don't think Sony's got a market full of lenses that uh, Panasonic users are gagging for. It's True. not something that uh, is necessarily needed, but it was an interesting point to understand that that's finally, to finally understand right. that that's why. Um, I'll, I'll, there was a really interesting article that I found about it. I will link to that in the show notes below because I think that's, uh, it's interesting for people to know. But yeah. this, th the ability to adapt just about anything to the L mount versus with the E mount on this new Blackmagic camera, that does make it a bit more limiting. I don't know how many things you can adapt to E mount. Right. And they, you know, they should have, that's what uh, Caleb was talking about. And we should link uh, uh, in the description below. Caleb from DSLR Video Shooter had a great video about why they shot themselves in the foot by doing just the EF mount because it's harder okay. to mount to that. You know, if they should have opened it up to something else if they wanted sure. to really be. But still, again, this is a $2,500 camera that shoots 4K. What is the, what's the price for the H version for the S1H, it's been announced that it's going to be around four thousand dollars. A solid price has not yet been announced on it. Um, it is more dynamic range. It's fourteen plus stops versus what the thirteen I think on the Blackmagic, right. and I'm sure the Blackmagic shooting some form of vlog. I didn't see that listed. Do you know? Um, yeah, it's got well the B rise is the you know it's it's flat. Right, right, of... right. Okay, all right, that makes sense. So uh, right. You know, full vlog in the S1H. So yeah, it's, it's okay. interesting. Uh, the S1H, it's a you know, bigger sensor for sure. So you get that full frame sensor and that's going to be one of the big yeah. parts of it. And uh, But it'll be very interesting to see how the two compare side by side when uh, both are available. Yep, yep. And you were talking about storage, right? So we're shooting 6K, so we're going to need more storage space. Right, Christ. yeah, you said that earlier. And um, that's it's perfect timing because I actually just ordered finally, that's actually arriving today, new drives. I have been, man, I've been, I've been researching and struggling for probably two years and trying to figure out what to buy. And it's not like I'm spending a hundred thousand dollars and I really need to spend, you know, massive amount of time researching it. I'm just, I'm cheap. I really don't want to spend money that I don't want to have to spend. And that's sure. why things like my Mac mini, you know, instead of buying an iMac pro, I bought a Mac mini with an external GPU, did the Ram upgrade myself, which turned out to be a huge mistake. <laughs> and, uh, 
but ultimately that video. <laughs> yeah, ultimately I, I did end up saving quite a bit of money compared to comparable power on a Mac uh, on an iMac Pro uh, but then you know the next step was storage and a friend of mine was pointing me to these NVMe drives that are basically RAM and so you can have you get one terabyte NVMe drives for a uh, for 100 bucks each and then the enclosure and all told you can put together a four terabyte RAID that is as fast as the internal SSD drive on your Mac. And so it's just mind numbing speed, huh. but at a pretty high cost per terabyte, it comes in at about 150 bucks per terabyte. And if you need the most performance possible, then that's great. But four terabytes is not a whole lot of storage. And I needed a lot of storage. And so what I ultimately ended up doing, and, and I tweeted about this as well, again, I'll, I'll share this in the, uh, the show notes too, because I think it's quite interesting to see, is I bought four, well, first of all, an enclosure that is a Thunderbolt 3. So it's got the Thunderbolt port, it's Thunderbolt 3.1, I guess, or, you know, that'd be USB 3.1, Thunderbolt 3, anyway, the fastest Thunderbolt there is, which of course is compatible with the Mac mini and four 10 terabyte drives to go into it. And the, my original plan was to do it as a RAID 5. So with a RAID 5, you get one parity disk. That means that any one drive can fail and the drive can rebuild itself. However, I also do daily backups, nightly backups locally. And with this new drive, I will be able to relegate my older, slower Thunderbolt 2 drives to backup as well. So I'm actually going to, what I've decided to do now is to build a RAID 0. So I have full 40 terabytes of storage. I'll get a little extra speed because it's RAID zero, and I will do nightly backups to uh, do to, two nightly backups. It'll go to a Thunderbolt two series of drives and also to USB drives. So I will have local backups every night times two. Wow. So I I feel confident that if something dies in the drive, I can rebuild quickly. And part of the thing with RAID five is it rebuilds, but that takes time. And right. honestly, it might actually be faster if I have a drive go bad to just reformat the whole thing and copy all the data back off of a local drive storage than it would be to sure. rebuild the RAID 5. So that's my plan right now. And so that all told cost about 14, 13, 1400, something like that. So it comes in at um, like well under $50 a, me- a terabyte. So it definitely just cost goes down dramatically. Nice. Well, that's good. Yes. Yeah. Storage is like expensive and it's not, it's like, depends on what you want to do and, and right. how you're trying to go about it. So yeah, to, to set up those arrays, I mean, they can be $10,000. So you, you save probably quite a bit of money to have 40 terabytes. That's going to go that fast. I think so. I think so. And it's, it's clearly not going to be as fast as the NVMe, but it's plenty fast to do 4k 60 ProRes, which is what kind of my highest tier of what I would need. And right. um, I think if I did my math right, I am if I remember right, no, I'm not looking at my chart, but I should get be able to get dual stream 4K60 off of it. And um, I very, very rarely go that high anyway, so I think I'm going to be just fine for a while. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. once it's all in place, I'll do a video on it for sure because it, this was the last step in finishing my new system. And mm-hmm. so I've been holding off on doing a video on the Mac Mini with the video card and my monitors and everything else until I had this last piece in place. And now this is coming in. So it arrives today. I use a software, uh, an app called SoftRaid to do the rating. And it part of that process is it will do a, uh, it's a verification. I forget what it's called, but it's a deep verification on every drive. It looks at every sector of the drive and it will block out any sectors that it doesn't think are good. And it will actually tell you if it doesn't think that the drive is safe and it will tell you, you know, right away, replace it before you even add it into the raid. And that at that size at 10 terabytes, it's probably going to take several days to do. 
So it'll be doing this process of verification before I even build it into a RAID. And then once that's done, I'll build it up and start copying all the files over. Wow. Man, <laughs> that's a lot of work. It is. Jeez. It is. But, you know, <laughs> it's better to spend. Well, and I've, I've had this software save my butt before. I've had it two different things. I've had it identify bad drives before I ever included them in a RAID. And so I was able to get rid of them, get them replaced, just, you know, return them to Amazon, say this is a bad drive, get a new one. And, you know, that's normal, right? This, it's hard drives are massively complex things. And the more, the bigger they are, the more likely they are to fail. And so having a good, reliable drive from the beginning is kind of important. And I've also had it uh, on a RAID 5 that I built, had it detect a, bad, a drive going bad and flagged it for replacement, which I was able to replace and it restored and off we went. So no, nice. no data lost. I've got a question for you. Hopefully you know, we're talking about you. 4K and 6K and Super 35 sensors and all these, you know, mounts and everything. But these days, you know, people say, well, I'm going to shoot a film, but we don't. Or people say, well, I'm, I don't, you know, I don't like the, the video look, but, but aren't we actually still with the technology we have now with the Panasonic line and the black magic and Ari and red, it, it is video, right? I sure. mean, it, so to say that, well, you know, I don't like that video look. Well, but, that, but that's what we're doing. We're shooting video, <laughs> right? You're not shooting a film. It's like, sure. It's, it's a strange thing to call it, you know, oh, that's a great film. Well, there's, when's the last time you actually saw film? Right. Probably person, the last Tarantino right? movie you saw. He tends to shoot films <laughs> right? still, doesn't he? Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's staunch about that. But, but, you know, we, we say, well, I, you know, I don't like to shoot videos and I actually, I don't like to call myself a videographer because I do exactly. certain connotations. I don't shoot birthdays or bar mitzvahs or, right. you know, weddings right. anymore. I call myself a filmmaker, but I don't make films. I'm not shooting a film. It's this whole idea of video or shooting it, video. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great point. It is, it really does come down to that connotation. We, we grew up with the idea that film is something you go to the movie theater to see or, and eventually makes it to TV. And video is something that soap operas and cheap productions are shot on. And of course, video came to the mainstream. I mean, shoot, if you go original home movies, those were shot on film. People shot right. shooting on 16 millimeter, that sort of thing, right? So that's, but that's really old school. Um, today and for the last you know, generation, people shoot home videos. But again, that connotation, that that is bad because it was really, really crappy quality compared to what you saw in the movie theaters. But now it's all digital, uh, w you know, with some exceptions, of course. But for the most part, it's all digital. So yeah, it is technically video, but we don't want to call it that because it sounds bad. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to say, oh, check out this video I made. It's like, no, I, I made a short film. Right. <laughs> Right. But, and I think know. that's also why even on in the world of YouTube, like you said, you don't want to call yourself a videographer or a, a video maker. You don't want to use the word video because it does have that negative connotation, even though technically that's accurate. So, yeah, we call ourselves filmmakers or if like what I do, I certainly don't make anything resembling a feature film. I make YouTube videos. And somehow when you say YouTube videos, that's OK to use the word video there. Because it's it is a YouTube video, but it's not talking about how it was made. It's just talking about what it is. But I think that's why a lot of us use the term content creator. You know, I do create video. Content. I create yeah. short films to a degree, I suppose. I create photographs. I create words. I do a lot of different things, and it's all content. So that's why we just say content creator, which is yeah. a hard thing to put on a business card because people go, "What's that?" <laughs> yeah, mm. content. What is that? 
Are you, are you right. a copywriter? No, I don't create that kind of content. <laughs> but, uh, um, so it's funny because, you know, there's so many festivals and that show movies, but sure. they're called film festivals. They Absolutely. don't call them video festivals. But interestingly enough, I worked with Ross Williams, local, uh, local filmmaker here. He directed a short film called Luna. I was the cinematographer and he... I, we won the Oregon Screen Week Summer 2019 Best Cinematography. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. So that's kind of a good feeling. Absolutely. And congratulations. And it's Thank you. called cinematography, not videography. Right. Exactly. I'm a cinema because movies and things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Well, congratulations. So, uh, Is that something yeah. new you just found out about? Uh, I found out last week. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Is there a, sure. is there an award ceremony? Is there a, is there a thing? Is there a to do? No, I, it looks like he's got something like a plaque. I did post it on my Facebook page. You can see it there, but I've, I've won a couple, like I won best director for a music video that I shot. Um, and that was a local organ film festival. And if you wanted the award, no problem. That'll be $55 <laughs> and we'll etch your name, <laughs> make sure we spell it right. So I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess you got to make money. Somehow you're not always getting it from the sponsors and such and ticket right. sales. So uh, sometimes I'm just, I'm okay with just having the memory of the fact that I did it and I don't sure. necessarily need something that nobody's ever going to see. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I'm very Thank happy. you very much. Yeah. I shot that on the Panasonic GH5. Well, there you go. Now that's something worth talking about. Right. <laughs> now, now you're happy. But it's funny because you, you actually, you've got how many Blackmagic cameras? You have two. Correct. Yeah, for the live broadcast, I do have two yeah. black magics. Yeah. So your main A cam is the is the uh, studio, the little micro magic, studio, right? micro yeah. micro studio, something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. that's specifically because it has SDI inputs that allows my audio and video to be transmitted in real time from the camera. Plus, because I'm using a black magic switcher, I actually have control over the camera from the switcher. I can change exposure and and control. It's kind of like the DaVinci Resolve control uh, color control interface but in right. the live switcher on the live camera it's kind of crazy awesome actually so this is what i predict for next year as far as you know the uh different things and i know that you have an inside that uh i try to get out of you sometimes with the panasonic <laughs> and what's coming up and you know a little bit in advance and uh you're very good about not telling me because i would go and blast it to the world actually i don't really know anybody besides you so i wouldn't be able to tell anybody but <laughs> I predict that Black Magic is going to, you know, they did this. I've, I call the the six K version kind of the S, we're in an S year, just like oh, uh, okay, talking about like, Apple, like the right? IPhones. So yep. right, so they did a minor upgrade. The body's still the same, but there's some things that people are asking for: image stabilization in body. People are asking for that. People are asking for an articulating screen. That would be great. Although we went how many years of our lives without that? So yeah. Um, and then I believe they're probably going to go to 8K next. And so that's that's my prediction for the next NAB, I think, is when they like to do their big announcements. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's what I think. What do you think is, uh, you know, can you, are you allowed to make predictions for Panasonic or or maybe just the future of DSLR video shooting and such? Sure. Well, we know that 8K is on the roadmap. That's been announced and discussed um, specifically with the 20. 20? Is that right? 2020 Olympics in mind? So oh, that's right. something that's yeah, been yeah. talked about for a couple of years. Yeah, so um, NHK, the National Broadcasting Broadcasting 
network, I guess, studio in Japan had years ago dictated they wanted to do 8K for the Olympics. And so that is that has been on the roadmap for quite a while. Um, and why, why yeah. do you think that is? Why do they want to do 8K? Do they want to have super high resolution for their slow motion playbacks? God, I don't, I couldn't speak to why. I can say that if you're standing in front of an 8K screen, it is like standing in front of a window. It's kind of insane. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. it'll, it'll look amazing, but you know, most people probably watching it on their phones. So <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. Which is, I think the 80% of YouTube is watched on a, on a mobile device. Yeah, it's pretty I high. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's, uh, I was doing some study about marketing videos and such and what the, the, the intake of videos is mostly mobile these days. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much is it's, uh, it's a mobile world, isn't it? Indeed. Indeed. Oh, and you know what? Speaking of mobile, mm. you know, my weekly, uh, DJI update, because it seems like every single week they come out with something. Okay. They just came out with the Osmo Mobile 3. So Ooh. this is where you can put your phone on your little three-axis gimbal. And they've done some pretty darn cool things with this. Um, they made the unit actually foldable, so you can put it in your pocket. Okay. They made the uh, the turnbuckle. I know it's not called that. The, <laughs> the motor. <laughs> you just love that word, don't you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, you think of it when you say the turnbuckle. Um, probably not, though. Uh, it's the motor. They shifted it over to the right. So now the uh, the problem with the last two is that as you balance the phone, the connector uh, the, the connection on the bottom is is covered up, and so you can't plug in a microphone, you can't plug in uh, power. So now they've mm. opened that up, so it's actually just gripping it uh, from the top and bottom, or the, I guess the sides. Okay. And now you can. Um, it's you know there's a lot more different features that they put into the app as far as gestures and follow tracking and follow tracking is that that's a that's Try a new follow, term should, sure follow tracking not? yeah I just made that up I'm gonna get that uh, website after that we're done with this podcast <laughs> but um so pretty cool things and it's 120 bucks so you start off I think it wow. was 300 when they first came out and then you actually do you still have the Osmo 4K camera that we got for that one shoot I. Do I? I think I tried to sell it and failed, and it's just still sitting on a shelf. <laughs> it's just sitting there, <laughs> yeah. where it was just the Osmo, just a camera, a 4K camera on a three-axis gimbal. But that, a I mean, it gimbal, worked back yeah, then. with a bicycle worked. mount and all that stuff. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So this will be interesting for people that are um, wanting to do better video with their phones, and you know, I've been working on a course to help people with that as well. So this will be something that I have to incorporate now into my course. Talking about the new version, one of the cool things it does a panoramic shot where it'll it'll take a shot and then it'll turn, take another shot and then take another uh, image. So mm. it'll stitch three images together rather than doing a, a pan like you do with your your phone right now sure. with the native app. And what I like about that is what they showed is a uh, ballerina, ballerina, ballet dancer, one of the uh, a dancer, and taking a picture here, taking a. Uh, running and take another pose and then another pose at the third angle. And then it stitches three of those together and it looks really cool. Right so on. yeah, there's some fun things to do with that. And uh, again, 120 bucks. Jeez. Sure. And I guess they're having an announcement tomorrow as of the recording of this podcast, August 13th is going to be another announcement and you're going to have to throw away your drone and get a new one now. <laughs> there's always something. There's yeah, always every something. Every other week you got to, 
throw something away and get something right, new. Right, exactly. That's it. That's well, hence the 48 shelf. So I can just move it lower on the shelf. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. All the good <laughs> stuff is higher where your right. eyes are. And then lower stuff is just, you know, your your son who is four years old can play with it if he wants. Exactly. Oh, come here. This, here's a cheap drone. Go fly it. Try not to cut yourself. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Fabulous. Well, well that's exciting. all I got. That's all you got. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good guy. I like it. We will uh, we will undoubtedly catch up next week with even more fun stuff. I'm actually going to be this weekend at uh, I'm presenting, teaching whatever you call it at the conference called the F64 conference down in the LA area. I'll be down there all day Saturday, so I'll leave Friday, come back Sunday morning, and I will be able to talk about that. That should be a fun experience. Sweet, can't wait. Hopefully, you don't miss your flight or it doesn't get delayed. Thank you. I appreciate that. Considering my last journey, that's much appreciated. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> All right, brother. Have a good one. Talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye.